0: Welcome to Life Hacks for Pastors, where we equip pastors with strategies and tools to navigate the personal and relational challenges of ministry life. Every week we strive to assist pastors in delving into diverse facets of ministry, providing conversation and tools to nurture continuous growth and enhance effectiveness. Today, Don and Tom continue to talk about the topic of vision, along with Keith Durham, the Director for the Conchal Valley Baptist Association in a conversation about vision.
1: Hey, uh, welcome to Life Hacks for Pastors. My name is Don Vickers, and I get to lead the Yuma Mission Network here in Yuma, Arizona. And I'm Tom Burks, the lead pastor of Stone Ridge Church in Yuma. And joining us today, we have Keith Durham. And Keith, you are the director. I'm the director. The nice. director of Concho
2: Concho Valley Baptist Association in San Angelo.
1: That's great, Texas.
2: San Angelo, San Angelo, Texas, and. Some surrounding counties. There's about eight counties that are part of our association.
1: Wow! So you got a pretty wide area of responsibility, don't you? How many yeah, churches do you serve, Keith?
2: Forty-five churches. Right. That uh, that those eight counties cover eleven thousand square miles. So it's about the size of the state of Maryland, geographically. There so it's uh, well, West Texas is vast, and we're a small part of West Texas.
1: Uh, but you're at the heart of Texas. that's right hey this is a brand new season for life hacks for pastors uh in 2024 we're going to continue to spend time with you but we're going to be looking at some of the essential things a pastor needs to be able to do
3: well in order to lead his church well so so this month it's vision we're talking about vision and uh, we started the conversation last week we're gonna we're gonna take it a little further today with keith keith is uh is an is the world-renowned expert on vision. Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> he's shaking his <laughs> head. <laughs> that's, that's Nobody knows Don't which way he's that. shaking his
1: head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if I'm an expert, it's because I've failed many times at it. <laughs> uh,
1: well, sometimes that's what it takes. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. That's, I, mean, that's, you gotta, I
2: think
3: that's you how st- you become an
1: expert. Struggle to learn and struggle to grow. Hey, um, so, Keith, we're going to ask a series of questions and just have conversation around it and so um, putting putting you on the spot what is vision why is it so hard to get a handle on this word vision
2: you know in all seriousness all the years i served in church staffs i've heard vision a lot but i didn't completely understand what it meant what it was Mm -hmm. and of course you read you read different experts on the topic and you'll even get different explanations of it so it's uh, it. It is a little bit of a something that I kind of learned later in ministry. Um, the the easiest way I would describe vision is it answers the question where where are we going? Hmm. And what makes it difficult, I think, for uh, us to get a handle on is is maybe two reasons. One is vision is more uh, artistic language. It's it's more. Hmm. Uh, uh, moving the heart inspirational motivational and pastors generally tend to be more concrete in their thinking now now Tom may be an exception to that because I know he's <laughs> he's musically inclined and artistically inclined right but for the most part most part pastors think more concretely and so they have a, a harder time thinking abstractly and motivationally and inspirational and hmm. vision is certainly, that,
1: yeah, um, we and I had, think I think we oh, have. Sorry, no, that's okay. We we talked a little last week about again a little bit of a difference between mission and vision, and mission kind of being that purpose for why we exist. And no, that's I, I very do, concrete. Yeah, I yeah. do think that pastors tend to na- navigate towards that because mm-hmm. of what you just said. It, it is more concrete. It's something that that you can really kind of say this is that foundation, right? But it's a different yeah. thing than 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 vision
2: yeah and I think pastors that will push back by the way and there are there are pastors out there will push back on why do we even need this discussion about vision they'll push because they'll say we have a clear mandate from scripture right the church should be about the Great Commission the great commandment and we don't need anything else right, uh, right. but but what where I kind of push back is but every local congregation, I believe God wants to move in a direction as, as a group of people. And I think that's the other thing we have a challenge with, of getting a handle on, is we think so individualistic. Like, my faith is my faith. How does God want to grow me and my personal relationship with Christ? And we often don't think about, well, what is he doing among the corporate body
3: right. mm-hmm. as a
2: group of people? And I think we have a hard time with that, too. And so thinking differently of, where is God leading this group of believers together, and what does that look like for us? And that's really what Vision attempts to address is where are we going corporately together?
1: Yeah, I think that's excellent because, again, you're, you're not talking about just yourself. Right. Um, you're talking yeah, about the, yeah, the whole, whole body.
2: And I think a good illustration of this might be family, because we all know we can identify as families we go through or as individuals we go through different life phases, right? I mean I've we've had small kids in our house, then Mm -hmm. we've had teenagers in our house, and now we're empty nesters. So as individuals, we go through life phases and we get that. And our and our focus and our priorities change in each of those life phases. Right. And I think that's a good illustration of what it's like for the church. The church has a history. Every church has a history and it goes through certain phases and those phases. If you're not moving forward together, you're stagnant and you're just existing yep. and you could potentially die. Yeah. If, if you're not thinking of does where, where do we go next?
1: Yeah, no, that's good. That's very good. Tom and I had a little bit of a conversation earlier uh, today and we talked about, um, maybe the difference between uh, a vision and a goal. So let me throw something out and get your, your response is, is saying something like, I would like to hike up and in and out of the grand Canyon um, in 2025. Is that a vision or is that a goal?
2: Yeah, I would categorize that a goal. Okay. Um, it's specific, uh, maybe not specific enough, but it has a timeline on it. It has a, an, a, an objective. Um, vision is more, in my mind, vision is more what will we experience as we take a hike into the Grand Canyon. Um, so what, what is it we plan to experience? What will move the heart? What will be, uh, inspirational? Mm. Um, you know, like for example, I might unpack some of the things we would see on that hike in the grand Canyon that you cannot see from the top because all of us have been, most all of us have been to the top of the grand Canyon. We can look down and see, but I, I would start to unpack if we take the Kaibab trail Here's all the different things we would see as we go on our hike that you're not going to be able to see from the top. Um, and that's why we want you to go with us on this hike. So um, I think you, you probably have used this, too, maybe even last podcast. Um, you know, the, the vision is more like a travel brochure.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
2: So it just kind of it kind of paints a broad picture for you, but it paints a picture where you go, I want to do that or right. I want to go there goals are more specific in that. Okay. Yes. It tells us maybe how to get there or the markers we've got to reach to get there. And so it's, it's not as exciting, but you have to have goals in order to get to your vision. Right. Got to have them.
3: Yeah. Like you, we use the word in our last conversation, we use the word aspirational a lot when we were talking about vision, but you've added another word. It's kind of aspirational and inspirational. Um, yeah. that that it brings that that emotional element mm-hmm. um, in into the conversation. I like that. Kind of a longing to experience it, right, right. right. And they're very closely
2: related because mm-hmm. what do goals do? Goal, goals get you somewhere, and they give you direction. And vision get, does the same thing. Vision gives you direction. Where are we going? Um, but uh, and how they're stated is slightly different. I also, in the church world, guys, in the church world, I, I attach goals to strategy.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: So if I have certain strategic elements in that I'm trying to make disciples in the church, I want to see, are those strategic components working? And how do I know if I'm they're working? I have to set some goals Right. to, to, to measure whether or not those things are working. So I attach goals more to the strategic end than I do visionary, although – Although you have to have some goals even in your vision,
1: reaching your vision. Right. Okay. Good. What are what are some tools that you've seen or that you've used that has helped in creating or crafting a vision?
2: Um probably the most helpful to me was a small little book I read by Michael Hyatt. Michael Hyatt is not a church leader. He's a leadership guy. He he wrote a book called The Vision Driven Leader, and in that book, he really contrasts the manager or the managerial leader and the visionary leader, hmm. and he just points out the difference between the two. And I think this is part of the issue we have in the church as well. I think most pastors have become good managers or decent managers, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know you need good managers don't you i mean right. managers 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 make sure systems and programs keep running efficiently effectively right. they ju- ju- they manage people um, so in some ways some of our better pastors have become good managers and good thus also good overseers and good pastors but they haven't learned how to be visionary leaders and vision casters and so in this book he unpacks that he's really unpacking it from a perspective of business and corp- corporate world but i looked at some of the principles he 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 opened up in that book and just started thinking well, what would this look like in a ministry setting
3: okay. mm-hmm.
2: yeah, from a pastor's perspective and so i thought as a pastor there are there are probably four big areas that a pastor deals with one is in spiritual growth so just from a congregational standpoint, what are some issues of spiritual growth that the Lord wants to grow us up together? You know, and you see these, right, in just conversations with individual members of your church. You go, well, I start to see some surface things starting to come as as they become more transparent with me. Maybe they lack spiritual disciplines. Maybe they lack theological perspective on certain issues or what but you just start to see there's some spiritual growth that needs to happen mm. in every congregation right the, but but then another category is church leadership so everything from you know it could be everything from uh, do we need elders or deacons and how do they function I mean what what is their role but even broader than that how do we grow up leaders in our church how are we equipping leaders? Um, so you've got a spiritual growth issue, then you have a leadership issue. and then I think another one is the community impact. How are we right. engaging our community? are we are we an inside church or are we leaning to the outside? Mm. And what does that look like to make impact in our community? And then the fourth broad category I thought of was culturally, and I'm talking culturally inside the church. What is the culture of our church? And how does it need to shift or change? And so uh, as I was thinking through this book, I was thinking, all right, if I'm looking at the end product as a pastor, these are four big areas that I would want to think through and pray through. Lord, how do you want to grow us in the area of s- spiritual growing up? How do you want us to make changes in how we impact our community how do you how do you want us to make changes within our culture of the church, and also what where do you want to lead us in leadership? And when you spend some time praying through those four big buckets, four big animals, mm-hmm. um, I think the God God begins to put on your heart some ways to move the church forward. And so, I just. Again, it came out of that book, and I just start praying through. Lord, does this book have any spiritual application for us? And how does this marry with vision scripting or writing a vision for the next five to seven years? What does it look
3: like? <clears throat> when you
2: talk- so really, I just I just created my own document out of a summary of that that kind of unpacks those four things and and just ask questions and what that what those questions are intended to do is just to be able to ask of the Lord and listen to the Lord. What might he be saying to me as pastor about our church?
3: When you, um, when you talk to churches about vision, do you tend to lean one direction in terms of like length of how far forward you're thinking you, like you just said five to seven years, is that typical for kind of how you coach people or, does it change more based on where the church is at?
2: A little of both, Tom. It's a little bit of a dance, uh, a little bit of an art, more than science. Um, I do. I have heard authors say long-range planning, you know, fifteen to twenty years. But the kind of world we live in, I just I don't find many pastors that you know, think that far ahead or even, you know, they even say, I may not be here in 15 right. years. And so, um, I, I try to think a little more manageable. What is more manageable? And most of them can think, okay, I can look five, six, seven years ahead and, and I can kind of grasp that and mm-hmm. figure that out.
3: Um, I haven't thought about that gr- element of, are you still even going to be there? Right. I, I, w- Stone Ridge happens to be a church where our staff has an unusually long, ten- we, we get our hooks in people and we don't let go. Um, and so when we sat down and, and scripted a vision, it was, it was 10 years, but I'd already been there for 20. Um, so it wasn't weird to think about 10 more years. Um, but that's a really interesting dynamic of how long do you think you're likely to be there? And that, that might inform a little bit of how far ahead you're looking.
2: Well, Tom, and another person that helped me think a little bit differently on this was Rob Peters, who right. you, you guys that are in Arizona know. We had a partnership with him for a little while in Arizona, but what, he talks about the seven year itch, you mm-hmm. know. And, and as I as I start thinking as a pastor and minister, I kind of felt that after yeah. year five or six, five or six, you start to feel like, well, I don't know if I have anything else to offer to this church. Hmm. You know, I, I've done everything I know to do. And I think part of that is we've run our vision like we've done everything we know to do, and now what's next
1: right yeah
2: and I think I think it's it's God's design maybe for us to lean into him and say, "All right, now are you going to depend on me for us next and hmm. And maybe there's something to be said for this this five to seven year time frame. It's time to revisit the Lord and say, "Lord, where do you want to take us next?" Yeah. I don't know. It just made sense to
1: me. I've had some conversation with guys who have had very uh, uh, kind of a series of short tenures, two to three years. And then in this conversation, it's getting close to that two-year, three-year mark, and they're thinking it's time to move on. Because that's what's happened in their cycles before. Hmm. And again, same thing. They've they've run through what they've done these past few times at different churches. Now what do I do? Well, I, I go to the next one, right? Instead of thinking about what, what could happen here if we stayed.
2: Yeah, and Don, to that point, in educational circles, you'll learn it takes two to three years to change a culture. So I think part of what you're talking about there is they run up against obstacles in changing the culture in the church, and they r- wave the white flag and say, I give up, it's time to move on.
1: Mm. Right.
2: And as as a result of that, no significant change really happens in the church. And the reason why so many lay people, we give lay people a hard time sometimes because of the way they might want to control the church. But to their defense, many times they they Control the church because they haven't seen leadership that will stay long enough to to deal with the obstacles and overcome right. the obstacles and barriers to see significant change happen. So that they take ownership where leadership where there's a leadership vacuum um, or absence. And so I think I think you see that because they're not willing to take on the challenges of the culture shift that must take place.
3: Yeah. So you talked about Michael Hyatt, talked about Rob Peters. What are, are there any, are are there any other tools that you've used in helping churches wrestle with vision?
2: Well, for for many years, you know, we we uh, Exano guys, uh, Will Mancini wrote a book called God Dreams, mm. which really unpacks unpacks vision kind of language, yeah. and he's 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 definitely on more of the artistic side and gives lots of great samples in that book yeah. in both of his books. Um, um,
3: church. Unique. Oh gosh,
2: I forgot. Yeah. Church, both of his books, church unique and God dreams. He gives a lot of examples from churches of vision and, and, uh, vision language. Uh, one thing Will does in his book, God dreams is unpacks this idea of, Horizon storyline, which really deals with a long-range planning. I mean, it's more like 15, 20 years. But then it backs it up to, all right, but what do we do in year one? So, so, and gives it in bite-sized pieces. How do right. we move forward? I think, I think that's the biggest struggle, guys, is that we can come up with a lot of language in church, whether we call it mission or vision, and we may not even know the difference between the two.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But it, it just becomes words on a page, right? A statement we on the wall, really, yeah, and we never really implement what we say we're about.
3: I yeah. think that's the challenge. Yeah, God Dreams was instrumental to me and to Stone Ridge when we were working through our vision because it did a really interesting job of marrying vision and strategy, and and kind of beginning to craft a strategy that was that was designed to lead you toward that vision. And that's something that that I that I appreciated about that particular resource. Yeah, that's good.
1: So, yeah. so Keith, as you think about vision, pastors working on creating, sharing, what's some cautions? What's some things that you would tell pastors be careful of?
2: Oh, I think the word vision itself. This is what I've witnessed. Um, brings up. Emotional reaction by pastors in particular. They're either they either love the word, or they can't stand the word. Okay. And what I mean by that is, um, I think it's because they've seen too much abuse of it. Mm, you know, right. a pastor a pastor has one weekend away, and he comes back and he says, "Guys, here's the vision the Lord gave me. All of you fall in line with me. Let's go." Right. And or, or they've been under a pastor, or they've seen a pastor have a vision for a building, and you know all the resources and time and energy is building that building, and then a guy comes twenty l- years later that pastors that church, and that and that church is still enslaved by to the pay debt for that building. of that building, yep. and then debt and the building was way too large. The mm. guy, the guy had a huge dream that was unfulfilled and he left in the middle of that vision yeah um you know and so i think i would say two things under the abuse one is um don't run into vision quickly it should be prayerfully sought out
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and i think the other thing i would say is it should be collaborative yeah uh if you have a staff like like Tom does, I mean, use your staff or elders to help you discern, Lord, where are you taking us next? And there should, and I believe in the priest of the believer. In that, if 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 the Lord is leading you as pastor, He will also lead others to to sense the same thing and hear the same thing from the Lord, and He'll confirm that, affirm it among the believers, and so it won't be the pastor off on an island by himself, but it will be. Others come alongside him saying, yes, I think this is where the Lord is leading us to go in this phase in our church, uh, this time frame. And so I think it should be a little bit more of a collaborative effort. Although although certainly the pastor should take the lead in, I mean, the, the leadership of the church should hear from their pastor on this issue. Um, but I, But I think that's a big caution is don't abuse it and and make it a collaborative effort. Um, And then the challenge of it is um, work it. Yeah, work it and implement it, which is not easy. And vision becomes the last thing on the agenda of most meetings. Mm. And if if we have time, we get to it, right? And I think I think you have to be intentional about carving out time. In your leadership meetings, to deal specifically with vision and vision implementation.
1: Well, I think that's what you said. So key too is that tying the vision to your strategy and then to right. goals, so that you're always working towards it.
3: Yeah, everything yeah. you do at some level ought to be working you toward that toward that end. Very cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, Keith, thanks for for being with us this morning.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for
2: not forgetting me, even though I'm in Texas. Yeah. Uh,
3: (laughs) Hey, uh, so when are you moving back to Arizona?
1: (laughs) No plans,
2: Tom. Thanks for for the question.
1: (laughs) Hey, next week we're going to be continuing this conversation. Uh, Tom and I are going to be talking about, uh, again, a couple of tools that are helpful Mm -hmm. um, or have been helpful to us. Um, and may be helpful for you as you work to establish a vision with your church. If you have some questions, uh, thoughts about vision. Uh, would you uh, share that with us? You can send
3: that to us at, lifehacksforpastors at gmail.com. And you could send even maybe we haven't talked about it yet this year, but you know we'd love to hear your just your life hacks. Whether it's a kind of a life hack for for ministry or whether it's something that that you just love doing in your own life and home, then uh, we, we love to hear the life hacks. We pass those along as when we, when we hear about them.
1: Yeah, so send those along uh, to us at lifehacksforpastors at gmail.com. We'll be able to send you some Life Hacks for Pastors swag, mm-hmm. and we look forward to this conversation, and we'll see you next week. All right.
0: Thank you for listening to Life Hacks for Pastors today. Don and Tom continue to talk about vision along with Keith Durham. Remember, if you would like to share a story or tool you have discovered that has helped you establish and communicate vision, send it to LifeActurePastors at gmail.com. Life Pastures is published each Monday, and we invite you to join us next week as Don and Tom continue digging into the topic of vision and share a couple of tools that could help you in your work.